0: Hello, and you're very welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host, Sarah Travers. And throughout this series, I will be once again speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth, and find out how they continue to innovate. So, wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well today I'm joined by Connor Cole who's the managing director of Cole Groundworks. Connor you're very welcome to the podcast studio. Thank you. So before we begin and get into the conversation a little bit of background on Connor and his business. So Cole Groundworks contracts is a multi award winning business founded by Connor in 2005. What started solely as a small team of professionals providing services to domestic and small commercial building contractors has grown to provide groundworks and civil engineering services across the UK and Ireland with offices based in Ross Trevor, County Down, London and Dublin. Coal contracts are delivering services to some of the biggest named construction companies in the world and Connor himself has received many awards since founding his business – To list a few, Ulster Tatler Businessman of the Year, High Achiever of the Year and he's been named as the People's Favourite in Northern Ireland Top 40 Under 40. He's also Civil Engineering Company of the Year. Now it's Connor's hard work and dedication that's made his company what it is today. We'll be hearing more about that in a minute. Continuing to expand in a very healthy manner. Connor has a personal interest in developing his workforce and his company. And is always striving to be the best in the business. Connor gets actively involved with his workforce on the ground, always trying to identify and research potential ways for the company to improve its range and quality of services. Connor, we had a, a bit of a chat before we pressed the record button, and you're a bit of a workaholic, I would
1: think. You 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 work all the time. I Think so? Yeah, it just probably comes with the territory of what we're doing.
0: So it is about, you know, building your own business and anybody who Googles coal groundwork contracts, they'll see that you're now one of the leading civil engineering companies in Ireland and in the UK. But it, it wasn't in the family, was it? You started, you were a, a classic entrepreneur.
1: It wasn't, no. So dad's background is uh, mechanical engineering. Um, after I done a dummy my levels, I had really no clue what I wanted to be. Um, I got into the construction industry, took a year away from university to sort of see what I wanted to do. Um, what
0: did you do during that time then?
1: I started off with a friend's father, he was a building contractor, um, bricklaying, and very soon I was building for him. Um, I just couldn't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. So a, fr- a close family friend who just lived very close to me was worked for his dad as his dad was a groundwork contractor as well he was setting up on it by himself and he asked me would I go with him um so I went with him and everything sort of begun from there.
0: And the rest is history. Why groundworks then?
1: I, I don't really know it's it's um the thing about Brickley and not that there's anything wrong with Brickley and it was just for me it was doing that same thing day in day out for the rest of my life um I'd, I enjoyed it, I loved it when I was doing it, but I just couldn't see 20 years from that period um, still having the same passion in it or getting up every morning with with something to sort of, um, like a challenge. There was, for me, after a while, I don't believe there'll be much of a challenge in it. Um, with groundworks, like the first day I started this guy, we were putting in concrete posts. The next day we were digging foundations. The next day it was drainage. The next day it was Curbing. it was just there's just so many aspects that this industry covered. Um, every day was different, every day was a challenge, there wasn't two houses ever the same, um, two projects were never the same, so it's just always a learning curve, and, and every day there was sort of a level of, not, not so much excitement, but something that is going to be new today, I'm going to be sort of learning something new.
0: So you have that le- you like that challenge.
1: Yeah, I think I think I need that challenge. Yeah, I'd yeah. be that sort of person. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of people do. Um, and Groundworks as well. Obviously, by the name, it, you're in there first of all. You're 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 lay. You're getting the ground ready for you know something that at that stage is maybe just a design. So exactly, that's very yeah. exciting as well to see what it actually turns into. Yeah. And if you don't get it right at that level, then. You know, Urban's you're asking for trouble. Up, yeah. yeah, and
1: then we're also involved in the very finishing elements. So we're in, first into a site, and then we'll be last out. So oh,
0: so tell me what? Oh, I didn't realize that. So what do you do at the end then?
1: All the finishing work, so roads and um, of course, urban, um footpaths, hard landscape like um, paved areas, wall and just all all of that landscape finish. So when you go into the grounds after, place is finished, it's more or less everything you're visually seeing must well. give
0: you a real sense of pride then
1: That that's where a lot of the passion probably comes from yeah so you're looking at a finished job at the at the end and people are admiring it that's when you know you've been involved in that process of getting it to where it is so that's probably where a lot of the passion comes from yeah
0: so what about starting your own business then tell us about that journey because you're doing it for someone else and at what point did you think mm-hmm, i could do this
1: Right. okay so uh, after me as i, as I mentioned um I didn't have any clue of what, what I wanted to do. I mentioned that I went into uh, working for my friend's father. Um, Bricklaying, we started then, the, my friend, my other a close family friend came up, he had st- he was leaving his father to start in his own doing groundworks. Um, I decided to give this a go. Uh, straight away, I loved it. Um, Marty, the guy who I went to work for, he was an extremely hard worker. Um, and I really looked up to him. I loved it from day one. Um, it covers a large range of jobs, and we were doing many different things from, as I mentioned, curbing one day, brick paving the next day, flagging foundations the next day. Um, Marty expected me and all the staff to be the best at every job we, we did, and um, to be honest, we probably were. Um, he wouldn't accept nothing less. Um,
0: so is that a really good thing to have that person that drives you but you, you
1: respect? It definitely is. I think today's era um, we're seeing in the workforce, like when I work for Marty, if you've done something wrong, you sort of were worried about your boss thinking of this opinion. Nowadays, it's moved into a different sort of era and, and guys don't really have that cure or passion oh anymore for the job. But back then, yeah, it was part of was the biggest probably driver and it's carried me right through till today. Like that same motto goes like... Um, if it's not the best, it won't do, basically. Mm. Um, and you hear
0: that a lot. Um, you know, if you're trying to get anything done these days, it's yeah. uh, it's so hard to get somebody in the Almost first place. Capacity, and then yeah. it's seeing it through to make sure that all the wee niggles or if there's something not right, that it, that it is perfect, that pride in your work.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's very, very hard to get that. But I think Marty instilled that in me from an early age and, and it's, it's <coughs> sort of carried through. But after being with Marty for a couple of years... Um, People, different contractors we worked for were approaching me on the back foot of Marty saying, would you come, would you work for us, would you would you do bits for us, which I wasn't willing to do. Um,
0: Uncomfortable.
1: Uh, or comfortable. no, I was loyal to Marty um, and I loved working for him. He was a very, very big part of, of my learning career and at, at a stage he even stated to me a few times, I've probably overtaken his level um, at a young age. Gosh. Um... I knew I wanted to do more in it and I knew probably I had more to give to it so I decided to go back to university um, to do civil engineering. Oh, right. So I was hoping to maybe, you hear of these students who do a couple of days and they're not in a couple of days, I was hoping to maybe balance work with university. Um, that was tough. Yeah, so I went, I went started Jordanstown um, and went into the class just just to more or less start that Um New, new cycle if you want to call it, call it um. And loved it um, but a lot of the people in the class were coming out of school. They were agreeing to the fact of construction. Everything was just new to them. It was just like learning a new subject in school. Um, whereas I had that experience. Um, at this stage I was reading drones. I was. I, I was I was building these jobs. Um.
0: You were living it.
1: I was living it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I I did to be honest feel wasted in school and it's not the position I wanted to be in I didn't want to be i seen myself as an engineer as as, if I was growing into an engineer I was going to be more office based um, involved more in the background of things um, and I couldn't see myself enjoying that either I wanted to be back out on site um, so I left. um, Right and was that a big
0: decision for you?
1: It didn't seem it at the time because it was just what I wanted. It seemed to be, at at, at the time, I went back to my careers teacher in in the Abbey to uh, apply for UCAS to go to it. It seemed to be a bigger issue for my careers teacher and for the lecturers in in the university that I was leaving. Um, They seemed, obviously, I had on-site experience and I probably would have done well in in this role, but I just didn't want to be there. and. Mm. Although maybe maybe have seen a big decision, even my parents weren't overly happy with it. But for me, it was it was very, very easy. It's what I wanted to be. I wanted to go back to work.
0: So at what stage did you drop out, if you
1: um, call well, it that? Probably six months six into months.
0: it. Um, I'd love to talk to you more about that. I might come back to that because, okay, you no know, we, we hear about this, that young people these days being on these trajectories, you feel you've got to do one path and one path alone. And you knew in your gut that was something that wasn't quite right? Yeah. And you were brave?
1: Yeah, yeah probably.
0: Yeah, but then, uh, uh, yeah, was that failure? Was that quitting? Uh, or was that absolutely the right thing to do?
1: For me, it wasn't failure. It definitely wasn't failure. And, and like, failure some of the things that make everybody nowadays. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't look at it th- at that. And to be honest, it's a decision I never regret. Um, I don't regret it for one second. Um It was the right decision. It's what I wanted to be and, and for me, to spend a career in something that I wasn't overly passionate about wasn't going to wash for me. So. And how
0: uh, long would that university course have been,
1: if you said? Four years, right. including including a year on site with going and placement with somebody. Um, don't get me wrong; it would have I would have enjoyed it, and it would have been good. But it wasn't where I wanted to be at that stage, and it wasn't for me. So. And do you think?
0: Having that, not having that degree or piece of paper at the end has held you back any?
1: No. right. I was told it would um, uh-huh. by everybody. Basically he was told at one stage it was going to be a bum. Not by any family member that was going on to a construction site basically as a labourer and, and I wouldn't make anything of it. And So were you told your
0: earning potential might be affected? Not, not, not so much
1: my earning potential just that um, I have an awful lot of potential in this industry. The lecturers were saying that um I was because it with the on site experience, not that I was better than anybody else, but I had I was probably leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the class at that level. Um I was older in the class, so I was probably a bit more mature and things. Um plus I had three or four years on site knowledge already. Mm.
0: And that's what was calling you. So what yeah. happened next?
1: So I, I left. Um Marty, the guy who I mentioned, was um very wanted me to go back to work from day one and, and i wanted to go back to work from day one but some of the days i couldn't go that he wanted me to go um and i got the opportunity to do just a private patio for um a friend's for a friend was a landscape gardener and he had somebody who wanted a patio done so they approached him just knew anybody he asked me and i said i would do it and at that stage i had no tools i had no van i had nothing um So I went in my car and um, gathered up tools and basically from week one, every week rather than probably going out and spending what I was earning. I was going and buying new tools and with the money I was earning and and, and starting to build things from there. And one job led on to another job. It led on to another job and just gradually things started to take off for me.
0: And was it constant? Was it literally you you weren't out of work?
1: Thankfully, touch wood, from, from that day, I've never had a day out of work, no never from
0: that day and how long ago is that now
1: that's now 18 years
0: <laughs> you need a day off soon <laughs> of <the car>. yeah. <laughs> and i think the work's gonna uh, keep coming so right you're in your car at what point did you buy the van did you get bigger did you think you know i've got to grow this business now
1: it's not that it's not i don't think it's so much that i thought um i need to do this um obviously the car wasn't ideal from day one um so, as I said, everything that I was earning, I was putting back in. I didn't have tools. There was a couple of local companies in Uri here that um, knew of me. I was hiring equipment off them because at that stage I didn't have the money to buy equipment. Um, some guys, um, for instance, Kevin Clark and Casey Hire, gave me my first wacker plate and console and uh, different things, different tools and told me to, rather than paying them at the end of the month, to pay them off as I could afford it, rather than hiring this. So... That's so decent. It was, yeah. Uh, I'll never forget that, to be honest. Um, and gradually saved up enough money to buy a van, um, took on a, a guy with me. i become two guys. And gradually things just started taking off. Contractors that um, I had worked for previously through other employers um, started hearing that we were, I was out on my own and, and started approaching me to see what I take on other work. I was hesitant at the start because I went to the guy who I worked for and said, does this affect you? I don't want to be standing on your toes. He, he told me by no means. And to be honest, Marty was a supporting block for me back then as well. So the guy Marty who had employed me, he'd give me all the support and all the backup that I needed Anytime time I was stuck or in a query. I'd call him up and he would be open and honest with me and, and give me any advice I needed. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business law practice located in the heart of Newry City. We provide legal advice and representation to individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries on an assortment of legal matters which can affect a business such as corporate, commercial, employment, dispute resolution, regulatory and compliance. We focus on providing legally sound, commercial and practical advice to our clients. To get in touch, contact 02830 two six two two zero zero or visit dot uk to find out more about the firm and our services so much
0: support and from the industry that you know some could have seen you as a competitor yeah <laughs> but uh, there was obviously enough work going around at that
1: point it was I was the it was the boom 2005. time 2005, so it was still part of the boom yeah before the before the recession kicked All in alright
0: ok so you had is it fair to say no plan as such about growing the business it was just evolving at
1: this stage it was just evolving yeah it, it was what it, it, It's. I knew it's what I wanted to do um, how far I wanted to take it at that stage I wasn't fully sure I, I never really thought about it we were busy doing the day to day we didn't really think about goals and plans and the final, final position we wanted to be in or where I wanted to be in five years I just knew this is what I wanted to do and from the very start, I, I, I just wanted probably to be the best about it. So
0: you're kind of like a day-to-day person? Or you were you where then, anyway?
1: I w- was then, yeah. Well, I was probably always six months ahead of myself, but not good. but not further further afield. Why do point. you think
0: you didn't look ahead?
1: Uh, probably a lot of... I was 20 years of age. Um, at 20 years of age, I don't think any of us just grew up. Um, we're still living day to day, regardless of what anybody thinks. You don't think of tomorrow. You don't think of repercussions of anything.
0: So now we're, we're fast forward 18 years and you were telling me that you've now got at least 70 people on the books working for it you. It might
1: not just be that many, but it's up, up it could be up as far as that, for, uh, that many. Uh,
0: I mean, that's incredible. So, yep. yeah, at what point did you d- decide, right, you know, I do need a plan, I have to grow the business, I can't just keep going, you know, six months at a time, six months at a time. How did that happen?
1: I think a lot of that come, um, basically, um, we, we, we worked through the recession. Um, never, I wasn't out of work, thank God, but we hit very, very difficult times through that. Like, everybody looks in from the outside and thinks it was a very, very pretty pretty journey um there was to be honest there was nothing really pretty about it um and
0: the construction industry was just decimated here wasn't
1: it it was destroyed yeah and everything about it people was leaving construction companies were going bankrupt people just weren't getting paid because the principal contractors were just taking on any jobs at any money and not paying the smaller guys because smaller guys are the easy targets um but i (laughs) regardless of how hard it was um uh, 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 giving up wasn't an, an option for me um it wasn't that I thought should I give up or not give up it just it's what I love doing I, I
0: suppose in, in a way the fact that you hadn't built the business as as much at that time maybe saved you because you didn't have as many people dependent on you
1: probably but it, it didn't affect so it didn't affect my work portion any, in any stage um the guys were always paid, my suppliers were always paid. Um, the person who probably suffered from this was only me. Okay. Um, because regardless, I was their employer, I was taking them on to pay them a wage, they had to be paid. So I don't think anybody could ever say they weren't paid or they were paid late by me, it was always there. everybody was always paid in time. It just, um, it just was probably hard for me, like my accountant said to I me mean, numerous times that I don't know many people that would have went through what I went through and, and kept going. But for me it was it's not there was no other option. I could have left went to work for somebody else I could have done numerous things but it's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in this position I wanted to be like in this role. And and, was and it was it hard
0: it. mentally to get through that?
1: I think if I had I had a day off or a week off um I think mentally it would have been an issue but no I, I, I can't thankfully mm. thank God I, I, I haven't been the person like that would be. To suffer from any mental like difficulties like that. Um so
0: you just keep getting up and you keep getting on, as we've been saying. You yeah. don't you don't take that time, you don't allow the thoughts to creep in, no, you just keep busy.
1: Kept busy, yeah, always kept busy and and it turned. There's no point in saying it didn't. Um two thousand and eleven, um two thousand and ten I started working in the UK for for a Northern Ireland contractor. Um there was people who who they were working for the client, basically, um, who identified like, uh, strengths in, in us. Um, So we finished that project. It was in Avonmouth, just beside Bristol. And um,
0: And that was the first gig across the water?
1: It was the second gig. The second. first gig didn't go too well. Okay,
0: well, well you know.
1: <laughs> first gig, the contractor ended up not paying the full bill, which was part of the recession okay. curve. Um. But this is the second gig and it was, yes, it went very well. We worked extremely hard um, and the company we were working for was working for a bigger tier one contractor who was working for a client. The client wasn't anything involved in the construction industry, so they had employed guys as construction managers for them, um, who the tier one contractor would basically report to. These guys moved on to other roles after that project and um, started contacting us to come in and, and to, to the new companies there with to contact us and get us involved in other work. So that's brilliant. Contacted us, we got involved, and so we kept that thing going for these guys. And then, probably in 2013, I got engaged Emma and I thought this is real now. I'm growing up, I need <laughs> to. Um, really put my head down and this has to be my career and that you were saying a bit when that I think that that was probably the stage I thought about it and then 2015 is probably when it really kicked off the year we got married. Um,
0: so tell me about Emma, where did you meet her, how did you find time to, to have a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, we, Emma was a friend of a friend, um, so most weekends or not most weekends, at that stage I was home a lot and then 2000 and before I went to England I'd met Emma. Um. and me and her kicked off really really well from more or less day one Emma come from a family her dad was a joinery contractor so she was used to that atmosphere and, and her dad working and her dad working away and to be honest she supported me she wasn't like this needy girlfriend who wanted me always there Um.
0: Well, they say a daughter usually looks to someone like her father with the same work ethic
1: <laughs> I don't know about that but <laughs> um but, yeah, uh, so uh, Emma, to be honest, probably made it easier for me because she did support me. Um, and when we got engaged, she, she knew that um, work for me was very, very important. Um, and she knew that, not that it was my first priority, but it was the very, very high priority for me um, and supported me. Like, um, she knew I worked day and night. We were trying to get our house done for our wedding. Um we were trying to save for a wedding, so we had all this going on at the same time and that's it was just the way it was. I was barely home at that stage. Anytime I was coming home, we were working at the house.
0: But she understood this and she, she was S- supportive. She yeah. was, yeah. Well, it must be going all right because I believe you've five children
1: now, so five kids, yeah.
0: <laughs> she stuck by you. She stuck by uh, you, yeah. yeah. Um and then at at one stage came into the business.
1: Yep. So, um, as as things grew for us, um, it I used to be the person who would price the work, who would do the work, who would invoice the work, who would do the accounts, who would do. But it was becoming too much for. Too much volume, more than too much for me. Um, like I was willing to do anything, but I had to step on it to do it. But Emma, at that stage, it was like Emma worked as well. Um, what did she do? She was in accounts as well. Um, just for other local firms, and that was useful. Yeah, so on a Sunday morning, um, after we got we were married at this stage, Emma would have helped me out on a Sunday morning, done the accounts for that week up. Every Very week.
0: romantic Sundays together. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and that's the way it went for for a couple of years, and things gradually got busier and busier. Um, we built an office. Emma more or less was there for for the overseeing of all that. We had our second child third child and it's become probably too much for emma so emma took a nearly back seat and we employed um more people for the office and
0: so tell me about that taking on more people we've heard how much you did and like to do yourself was it hard to step back and kind of
1: relinquish control i don't think i ever stepped back um my role hasn't really changed. I'm still doing what I've done um, very early on. Um, I'm very much involved with tender process. I'm still very much involved with invoice and very much involved with all the aspects still. It's become more, as I said, more volume of stuff. Um, So although I am as involved with all these aspects, I'm maybe not just given... I don't have to do all the nitty-gritty for everything. So the first guy I met was... The first project I was called back to do in the UK, I bumped into an Irish guy working over there as well. Um, PJ. Um PJ was, was a very, very good worker. When we went to the site there wasn't many good workers on the site. We found a lot of guys were very slack and, and didn't really <laughs> just a typical <laughs> Is that the
0: bums you were talking about earlier? Not,
1: not so much the bums, <laughs> but guys who just just they got up in the morning, they went to work to mm. come home. It wasn't about work or a passion for them. It was just about wage and, and living week to week. PJ very much wasn't like this. PJ was completely passionate about his job. Um, Couldn't do enough. If you asked him to work on to nine o'clock at night, he would have been working on without any extra money for this contract we were working for. For him, work was part of his passion as well. So across PJ's path again in 2014 f- or fifteen. Um. We were working for one of the largest construction companies in, I think, in the world, a company called Bikes. I wasn't working direct to them. I was working to a company, um, like a larger groundwork contractor. So we were in sort of like a finishing crew. They had a crew in that was a gang of lads on their workforce that was sort of preparing work and doing the digger work. And we were coming in doing the final finishes and, and the finesse, basically, on the job to hand over. And I was bouncing maybe to, through three or four sites for this contractor. And PG was a site manager on one of these sites. Um, this The larger, the tier one contractor everybody was working for, Byg, um, Byg were had approached me and asked me would I tender for work for them. Again, I wow. said, look, I don't want to be stepping on the toes of the, these bigger guys who are employing me. He, s- he said, They've, they're, they're not. This company's that big. they might made of 30 or 40 different civil contractors working for them. So that was something that... Well, this was the start of the really kick-off for us. And
0: what did that mean to you at the time, to have, you know, that, that name, boygs, you know, just that reputation to come to you and say, we want you?
1: It was very good, but at the same time, it was... Um, Worrying because with a smaller contractor mm. I was working for, I was dealing with somebody on a personal level. Um, bikes is to, to describe them best probably a a, a big animal. They're mm. they're a monstrosity of a business. They, the owner, um, nobody would ever see him or hear of him. It's there's it's it's delegated right down through numerous people. Like the site team on this site was bigger than everybody I had working for me. Wow. Um, so it was it was nerve wracking, but. At that point, I wasn't overly considering or taking too much heed. Again, it was still, I was I was making okay money. What I was doing, I was I was happy. Um, but the company I was working for went bankrupt. Oh, right. um, so I, that morning before they had went bankrupt, I had said to PJ, um, "If I don't get paid today, because it's now month three without getting paid, I'm pulling my tools and I'm pulling off site." So we had started to do this. Uh plantar company had come in um, and they were taking the keys out of their diggers, so they hadn't been paid either and then we heard that this company had been in the liquidation that morning Um, so I was leaving site and the bike's site manager came down, the first time we met this guy, um, he's project manager um, he came down and asked could he have a word with me, so I went up into the office and they said look they've been watching me for a long period of time Others this wasn't the site that approached me initially. Um, other other sites have mentioned that they want you to tender for work. We would like you to finish this job, you're aware of what's happening. At that point I said no thanks.
0: Um We haven't been paid.
1: I haven't been paid by the contractor. They went into liquidation, obviously for some reason. They're doing four or five big projects for use. Is there a reason why you haven't paid them? It turned out that banks are actually being very good to this contractor, so they're actually paying them in advance. They were doing they're paying them two weeks in advance. Wow. Um, And the company obviously had issues elsewhere. So it was a Friday morning and they gave me the opportunity to finish that project um, which I said I would think about. And I would come back on, if I was doing it, it was to come back in Monday and finish out. So um, over the weekend, gathered up, at that stage I had probably um, two gangs of, three men maybe working for me Um, and were you paying them my own men yeah I was paying them Mm -hmm. Um, and so I took the took the shot at it Um, and bikes for me was another one of these parts of my life that I'll never forget Um, they knew it was a small company Um, they knew this was too big for me the work was easy they knew that that the work aspect was, was easy for me but the probably the financing of it and then the cash flow issues yeah like we're talking figures here at this stage I probably turned over maybe 200,000 a year this project had 10 weeks left on it and just over half a million pound in 10 weeks to do <sighs> so the, the the jump up here was massive, massive. for me um,
0: and was that an agonizing weekend or did you just have a feeling again in your gut
1: it wasn't. It wasn't an agonising weekend because they give me the word, and that's probably one thing I do. I take people on 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 their word. Um, Thomas spoke to Emma. This was, uh, I think, this was just. Before, this is just after we got married. Sorry, and um, I said, look, I'm I'm going to go for it. The work's easy. It's I'm not concerned about it. To be honest, I think I can finish it early. Um, it was the cash flow, but bigs had promised me they were going to pay me weekly and do different things. So to be fair, to the Big, they were the best. Started day one. We we ramped up to probably 20 men over a week. Um, guys were brilliant. Worked day and night. We were five weeks behind a, a programme with 10 weeks to finish, so 15 weeks work to do. At the end of this project, there was a the variation in the job, which was an extra three or four weeks work. That was going to come after this so my biggest concern at this stage was, um, wasn't was the work we were doing it was more the company who I was working for who was always f- filling me a work this last two or three years was gone who was I going to go to work for after this yeah. so I was more concerned about we finished the job we finished the job plus the variation project which was so if you can imagine we've done 14 weeks of the work back in 10 weeks we've done the, the variation which is now three or four weeks within mm. that period and had the job over a week early oh my goodness um, so we impressed bikes an awful lot, and that led on to straight into another school for them. It led into um Queen Mary University in, in London. Oh. It led into the Bridge project in London, and, and sort of that was the big take off from there.
0: So just that, what I'm hearing all the way through your life so far is that doing the right thing, honourable, you know, if you've given your word, you see something through, and you respect others who do the same. Exactly. Yeah. And it seems to work.
1: I think so so <laughs> yeah, yeah, far. You haven't yeah, I've been
0: burnt so far, but you know, and and obviously that good trusting of your gut as to who's giving you
1: probably a yeah. word that you. can I wouldn't can say trust. I haven't been burnt before. <laughs> I've been burnt many a time, uh. but but with, with these with these big decisions, yeah, it's been. And
0: it's that's business too, isn't it? In that's construction, business, I mean, yeah, there's going to be business. times that you do get burnt. And how do you find you deal with that kind of thing?
1: I used I used to, it used to affect me a lot because at that stage, at that at a stage, to, to be hit by as much as a thousand pound of a loss was massive. Yeah. Um, but without those lessons, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, I think that's part of every learning curve. It's like you need, Everybody needs to fail to better themselves. Um, I don't look at... I, I, don't get me wrong, I, if, if we fail at something or we make a mistake at something... Um, you'd be annoyed but at the same time it's, it's a lesson learned you, you look at it you evaluate it you see where they go wrong how can we stop this from happening again and that I think that makes any st- business stronger. And what do you think's been your
0: greatest achievement to date since starting your own business?
1: Um, it's, I don't know I, I don't know if I can put any one thing to um, it's hard to say one thing that I'm completely grateful for um, I don't think it's fair to say there's one thing, but it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's so, some of the things we've we've some of the projects we've wanted to talk, um. Carried over that period that I talked about that four or five year period from two thousand and fifteen to two thousand and twenty, for me that was a big achievement to turn from, from what we turned over in a year to Dublin our turnover in ten weeks. Wow. Um, that that was probably one, that, and the projects we took on for the next four or five years was was a massive achievement. Looking back now, at the time, it didn't feel it. It was just being busy. Um, I suppose one of the other biggest achievements, I could say, was meeting and managing to interest some of what I would class as the best individuals in the industry. Um, so that gay PJ I talked about, um, we come across another guy, Johnny, which would be one of our senior management team. Um, and I was for approaching Johnny to come work for me. Um, and Johnny approached me on the same day. Um, said he would be interested, so interesting in these guys to come work with a small contractor. They're coming from tier one contractors to work for me. Um,
0: and investing in your workforce is really important to you. What do you do for your employees?
1: I I probably I try to do everything I can. Um, some people tell me I do too much. Um, and they're spoiled like kids. Um, but <laughs> um, I try to tr- like like when I bring guys on, I would rather bring guys on at a on site at a at a lower level and, and train them up our way. Um I think like people who do drive before the driving test they've got a lot of bad habits and different things. Um so we like to train up but our guys we want to train up to the highest level we can. We want them all trained in different plant and equipment. Um and we want to invest in our in guys because that's that's probably the biggest part of the business.
0: And are you heavily involved in the recruitment process?
1: Yeah, I'm still very much involved with every aspect of the business. Yeah. So,
0: what impresses you? Is it skills or is it attitude?
1: Definitely attitude, um, and then skills can be learnt. Or it's attitude and attitude to life. Probably first of all. Um, if they've got, if they've got a good attitude and they've got a good passion in what they're doing, um, I think the skills can be trained and the skills will come. Um.
0: But they have a good life when they work with you. So looking after them,
1: that's yeah, something you that's do. That's one thing I do. And I try to be flexible with all the guys. So, so yeah. <laughs> what think
0: so, I mean, there are lots of people that are doing the same as you. You definitely have... fabulous attitude and you're very modest and you're very humble and you work very very hard but how do you set your business apart from others in the industry because that's great and word of mouth is 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 wonderful but if you're taking on bigger contracts maybe across the water and 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 further afield um how do you feel that people pick up on that and it's not just the cheapest price
1: no i think you mentioned the word two minutes ago I think attitude's a big a big thing Um, without sounding arrogant um, I do truly believe that we probably offer the best service um, in the industry Um, part of our culture that I've always had who's come from probably Marty is no matter what we do we always do it to the best of our ability Um, sometimes with different people's strengths and weaknesses that might have to be corrected or perfected through snags and so on but we always feel that we do give it the best we can. Um, I think there aren't many business owners as hands-on, as involved as I am. And this carries right through our senior management team, all the guys are the exact same. Um, any client knows that they can pick up the phone at any stage to me, um, and the senior management alike. And we'll be there probably the next morning. I've been known, I'm still known to drive through the night to be on jobs for the next day. Um, that morning to solve any issues or to iron out any problems Um, and is that
0: sustainable connor i mean can you keep doing that forever
1: people keep saying this to me um i can't see how it's not sustainable probably if you're doing it every day of the week probably not no but um and as you get older i probably feel myself getting tired but it is very much sustainable yeah it's it's but we're, we're human beings, we adapt to what we have to do. Um, you're a mother, you know, there's nights you've had your kids have been up all night not sleeping or sick, or, and you've adapted. Um, tonight, you may plan to get a good night's sleep, and your kid may keep you up all night, but that's just the way life is. If there's an issue, we address it and, yeah. and, and we deal with it and we get on with it. And you're
0: flexible, we're flexible you just yeah. get on with it. And you obviously love what you do, and that's what gets you out of bed in the morning as well.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely love what I do, um, that's probably the reason why I, I, I left the engineering um, initially to to go into actually the, the physical end or the practical end of it. Uh, passion for me is probably the biggest driver for any business. Um, if you don't have passion in your business, I don't believe it's going to work. Um, I look at every job as, every job's, uh, you're only as good as your last job basically. Um, and I think if, if everybody had that attitude and things would run a lot easier for everybody. Absolutely.
0: And a lot of people will be listening to this, maybe wanting to start their own business or have started their own business. And the, the, the podcast is all around entrepreneurship, but well, what's the hardest part of being an entrepreneur, would you say?
1: Um, I, I, probably at different stages in different people's lives, um, being an entrepreneur, in my opinion, would be different. I wouldn't class myself as an entrepreneur, but others would. Um, I don't look at it that way. But like it's different now from what it was at the very beginning. At the very beginning, I, I was able to put 100% time into everything. Um, now you've got kids and, and a wife. Five kids. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that becomes part of... of That's a, a massive part of my life. Um, and that's what it's all about now. I'm doing this for my family. Um and my workforce's families. Um. So, do you spend enough time with the kids? Do you think? Probably not. No. Um. But as I said, Emma has been a rock through it all. Um. Without her behind me, I wouldn't be here today. Um.
0: And there are very little at the minute. I mean, you've still got still got ones keeping you uh, awake uh, during the night. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you think you will have any more? Is that it now? <laughs>
1: That's a, it's a risky question. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um. I think now our family an important thing in a large family we have um i think i would be happy to have more kids um it's just the practicality of it all i don't know if it's practical with cars and different things but um yeah it's hard to say
0: it's hard to say you obviously managed to make time for it all but it's extremely busy do you have any spare time
1: not really no, no. <laughs> any spare time now spent just with with them so um The weekends I try and give them as much time as I can. And what about
0: them coming into the business? Would you be interested to build a family
1: business? That's what it's all about for me. Yeah, it's like building a brand for me is like people talk about. It's not always to do with the the money um, aspect of it. So building a brand is is very important for me. And I think that's what we've done as a business. We we mightn't be the biggest construction company in the UK, but we're definitely becoming one of the most recognised for what we do.
0: Any, are any of them? I know they're so small at this stage, but any showing any interest in the business?
1: Yeah, the, the boy. So I've, uh, my oldest we buy seven. Um, he was digger mad, um, <laughs> and as he's growing up now, he's becoming football. But he still is a, at the weekends he still be with me. And now my second we buy just turned two, so he won't let me go everywhere I go. He wants to be with me at the weekends, and and he's getting. Yeah, uh, so I I do see it, and I see. <laughs> Like I wouldn't want to say just the boys because I'm happy for if the girls want to get involved. would be I'd love that. Um ideally that's what I'd like it to be. I'd like it to be my kids growing into it and running it and taking it to another level further than what I can do. And as I say, for me it's it's not all about me and my family, but the, the guys who have helped me get to where I am today, to involve them and their kids, hopefully like that's something I'd love to see as well.
0: Well, you've mentioned some key people through your life. You remember them, and I'm sure there are many people that will remember you for the start that you gave them and the investment that you awesome. put into them. Awesome. Um, what's next then for Coal Groundworks, Connor?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, as, as a business, we're, we're, we're starting to grow into new sectors, and um, we're one of the first companies, construction companies to fully embrace and live in, the, in an environmental policy. We've been involved, I mentioned earlier before, this interview started about being involved in HVO. Um, Which is
0: just for people?
1: It's hydrogenated vegetable oil, so it's a drop-in, direct drop-in replacement for fuel.
0: Okay, so and that's where we need to be, looking at alternatives?
1: Yeah, so we've got involved in that. We built the first um, fully green HVO um, fuel terminal in Cork, in Ring of in Cork. Wow. For a client, yeah.
0: And how do you feel about that, being on that sustainability journey as well?
1: Oh, we love it. So, I, we are actually the first Irish contractor to turn all our plant and equipment to HVO in two thousand nineteen. Um, really. Yeah.
0: This is coming a bit late in the interview. This is uh, a this is absolutely <laughs> fascinating. So, you know, the planet is very important to you too, and and being that responsible business. It's just
1: tidying up the the entire industry construction industry. I think has been has been like a it's been sort of like a second resort for you mentioned earlier at the university. That you should follow university. Construction was always seen as a secondary option, or a, or if you don't do so well at school, you can go into construction. For me, it's the complete opposite. Um, some of the biggest wage earners in this world are now earned it through construction. Um, the biggest houses you'll see, and, and your drive home this evening will be construction workers. Or or, and and for me, that's that's part of it. And the construction work work industry through health and safety and different aspects, although some of it might be over the top and silly, it, it is tidying itself up and it's becoming a a, a real key business and anything. It's it's part of every like country's like it's the main aspect of every country now basically.
0: Well that's it and it's legally required as well.
1: Yeah. But what's coming next for us, um, go back then would be like we we want to continue to grow in that in that new era of construction of a construction company um with huge growth plan plans ahead of us now in the UK and in Ireland but we're now delving into um France so we'll be hopefully starting there soon and then eventually further afield there's discussions of of potential projects coming up further afield again on the other side of the world so we are we are focusing on day to day at the moment but um that is in, in on the picture and and Uh, Hopefully it's around the corner for us.
0: If only you could clone yourself, that would be (laughs) be great. Congratulations on everything that you've built and all of the success that's still to come, I'm sure, for Coal Groundworks. But final question, ask it to all of the guests who sit where you are, Connor. It's about the purpose of this podcast, which is to inspire existing business owners and those ambitious entrepreneurs out there to grow their businesses by offering a unique insight into the success of businesses such as yourselves at Coal Groundworks. But... We've talked about university, we've talked about all the changes, the gut reactions, all of that. But final question, what advice would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether that risk is worth taking?
1: Go for it. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, well, ask as it like I think that is a true thing. If, if I believe if it's a business idea and you're but you still want to live the, the good life and do the life that you're currently having. It might be a difficult one to carry through and be successful at. Um, I think you need a passion. I think it's very, very important that you have passion and you're dedicated to give up some things. Um, nobody starts with hundreds of thousands in the bank. Um, I mentioned they started in a Peugeot 306 with a long tailed shovel. Um, take it step by step for me. Um, for me, I was small. And I'd done what I, I, I could, I, I, just what I could manage, I'd done on it and i built in this. Um, rather than being a, a sprint I looked at it as a long journey and a marathon basically. Um, people say Rome wasn't built in a day and it was an ongoing thing. So for me it all begins with that first step and taking that first step, um, but it's very, very important to follow through with it. Um, I mentioned briefly earlier one of your other questions about the risk in different people's lives at different periods. Um, for me, that risk of setting up a business as small as it would of not doing it would be huge, especially if you're passionate about it. Um, make sure your finances are in check and look after the small details and the big details will start to come and look after themselves. Um, and it's important to remember, though, it's not just about the first step when you take it. It's really important you have to follow through um but if you have the skills and dedication to keep going at it and the passion it, uh, i think it all will come to light. yeah
0: wonderful advice thank you so much to connor cole from cole groundworks for joining me today for another fantastic episode of the public eye podcast we'll see you again very soon thanks connor
1: thank you sir thank you
0: this podcast was recorded in granite podcast studio